I'm Jennifer Stevens, and I'm the CEO of JHL. Welcome to Make the Connection. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode of Make the Connection. I'm Anna Vaughn, and I'm sitting here with the one and only Jennifer Stevens. Jen, thanks for having me here today. During the four years I've worked for you, I've seen you engage with a variety of young people, whether it's a guest lecture, to a college class, or just a lunch and learn with our staff. With an entrepreneurial spirit alive and well in Austin, one topic that consistently rises to the top during these conversations is the ins and outs of being a small business owner. So I would love to start there. Was owning and operating a small business always part of your plan? No. Um, I, I'm, I like to say I'm the accidental entrepreneur. I, um, I knew that if I, I love to work and um, I enjoy being busy and having a lot of things going on, to state the obvious. <laughs> but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had run political campaigns. I had enjoyed that a lot. I managed John Cornyn's campaign for United States Senate in 2002. He was elected. You know, that was great. I was his director of transition. Uh, but I did not want to move to Washington. I was pregnant with my son at the time, and um, I didn't want to raise my kids in Washington. Um, I'm not a big fan of the federal government. And so I I wanted to stay back in Texas. So I, I thought that that would, you know, be better for me. And I took a small, you know, role in the governor. I left the Senate and took a small role in the governor's office and just tried to kind of get myself acclimated back in state politics and, you know, was a brand new mom. And um, but what I realized is, you know, I, I didn't want to just be a state employee or or whatever. I wanted to do something more, and an opportunity came that I thought would be interesting. So I thought, well, I'll just go do that. I'll start a business and I'll do that, and um, I'll do it till I find a real job. And so I guess I'm still looking for a real job. Fifteen years later, yeah, <laughs> it's like slowest hiring process ever. <laughs> what personal sacrifices have you had to make along the way as you've been building JHL? I think. Um, the myth of business, the thing that I, I truly did not understand is people say, oh, it's it's great to be your own boss. And the reality is you're not. Um, when you own a business, you have so many more bosses than you ever have if you work for someone else. You know, every client, every board member of every client, every customer of every client, those are all your boss in one way or another. And so um, I think just sacrifices overall is just understanding that you have to put absolutely everything in of yourself into a business to be successful. So there's no such thing as, you know, holidays and weekends and that sort of thing. It it doesn't mean that you don't create that space for yourself in that time, but there's never a time where you can turn it off. Being in small business is like being on a treadmill that won't turn off. You can slow it down, you can speed it up, you can add incline or you can choose to decrease the incline, but you can't push stop. Um, if you push stop, everything stops. And I, I think I think that is a very hard thing to wrap your head around. And until you're doing it, you don't understand the level of commitment it takes. And that can be obviously a lot of pressure. Have there ever been times when you felt like giving up or it's just too much? Um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how do you been... deal with those kinds of situations and what, you know? Well, there's a, there's a ton of stressful times, right? And I, I tend to be the type of personality that says, you know, I'm a swing for the fences. And sometimes I get there and sometimes I don't. And when I do, the highs are high. When I don't, the lows are low. And, you know, I'm incredibly hard on myself and competitive. And so, you know, there's definitely days where, you know, it's 
three tequilas and a hot bath and go to bed and I really can't talk to anybody and I'm very upset and frustrated, disappointed in myself or a situation, whatever. Um, or, or there's, you know, the days that are real highs, but, but the, and giving up definitely comes in a lot. But I also think there's a few things that exist. And one is, um, yeah, back to that competitive spirit. So giving up is really not in my nature. Um, Two, you know, I have a very strong faith. So, you know, when I get disgruntled or or down or, you know, feel really defeated, I do find that if I'll just give myself some space to breathe and think and pray and reflect, I wake up doing much better. Um, And then I just keep going. But, you know, what's the alternative? You know, my dad used to say when I was a little kid, you know, whether you're digging a ditch or whether you're a CEO, the guy next to you is going to be trying to get your job or steal your client. And so you just need to understand that right now and decide where you want to be in life and don't get too hung up on the goods and the bads and just stay focused. And I think that's exactly the advice you need to be able to run a business. Absolutely. And speaking of not giving up, you know, how did you break through the glass ceiling and what can you talk about in being a woman-owned business owner? Well, I don't know if I've broken through the glass ceiling. I mean, it is beyond comprehension to me in 2019 how I still feel um, and see very real, um, very embedded and ingrained tendencies to want to work with men more than wanting to work with women. And it just is. And I don't know that there's a solution for it. I don't give it a lot of time or a lot of energy. There are many moments when I think, I bet if this person were having this conversation with so-and-so male CEO, they would never talk this way or they would never phrase that that way. But there's just this like, gap that allows people to say things that they wouldn't say to men. And it's unbelievable. And I ask, um, I ask fellow business owners, my friends who are in business that are men, and I will say, you know, do you get pushback on this? Or does someone say, hey, you know, you guys are amazing, but we should be paying you, you know, five grand a month instead of seven grand a month or whatever, right? And they're all like, no, no one ever says that to me. And that it just blows my mind because almost without exaggeration, every single project that comes our way, it starts from a discount. So, you know, one of the things that you have to do, and I think in business, and I think as, as a woman, you have to do it kind of double, right? The old Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire, we got to do the same thing they're doing, but we're in heels and going backwards, um, is you got you to gotta know your own value and you got to stay strong. Because if you're seeking that value from the other person, you're not going to get it. And if you're willing to be discounted, then that's how they're going to think of you. Um, So I don't know that the glass ceiling is gone by any means. But um, I also kind of don't believe in allowing it to stop me either. Um, You know, way back in in politics, when I used to run political campaigns before that, when I worked in the attorney general's office, I was young, you know, blonde, cute. And I can remember thinking you know, I need to change the way I dress. I need to dress more conservatively. I need to, you know, wear things that are more bland. I shouldn't stand out. I shouldn't have long blonde hair. And there was a phase in my life where I went um, back to the color that though God gave it to me, I was not destined to be. (laughs) I went back to brunette for a little while. 
and cut my hair off because I was so self-conscious of the idea that could a could a blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, woman be taken seriously. I was very and I was young, too, which is also scary. And thank God, you know, your 20s are just a miserable time in life anyway. But thank God I got through that. And I realized, like, this is bullshit. And I I can be who I need to be. And you can take me seriously or not take me seriously. But I'm going to be who I am. And I'm smarter uh, or just as smart as anybody else in the room. But it took me a long time to get there. and, And it was hard. I had an instance in the AG's office. I'd worked very hard on a project with Cornyn. And uh, we had started a an organization. I had put so much time into it, of course, uh, you know, uncompensated evenings and weekend time. But that's okay. You're young and you believe in what you're doing. And so those are the kinds of things you do in politics. And we had started this organization and there was a first kickoff meeting, nationwide kickoff meeting of this group. And um, a member of his team came in and said, well, you know, uh, General, uh, she can't go. She can't go with you because you can't travel with her alone. And I was sitting there having this moment. And in my head, I'm like, are you shitting me? But also understanding the political realities of what was being said. And, you know, Senator Cornyn, then Attorney General Cornyn, to his credit, said, you know what? This is her project. She's worked very hard. She's done a great job. She's going to go. My wife's going to go. And it is what it is. And people need to understand that I'm going to surround myself with smart people, male or female. But in that moment, I felt so discarded and vulnerable. And it really makes you question, can I push harder, work harder? So, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a glass ceiling that's been broken, to be honest. And I don't think the Me Too movement helped. Because I think it puts men in a vulnerable place. You know, that same question asked of a senator today or asked of an attorney general today. Does that woman get to go? I I don't know that that's I don't know that the answer's changed. And that was 20 years ago. And with all that being said, looking back, what's, you know, your biggest piece of advice to a young woman who wants to embark on starting her own business? Any piece of advice on how to keep going or yeah, I think I think my advice is this. Trust very few people. Believe in yourself completely. Understand that it's never too late to make the right decision. That's hard. I think sometimes we get so focused, we forget to look at the forest through the trees. Uh, and sometimes you do have to back up and make a different choice and, and give yourself the freedom to do that. Um, and I think you also have to understand that you can only do what you can do. And sometimes things fail through no fault of your own. I think as women, particularly, our tendencies are to want to nurture, to make people feel good, to make people feel included. But the reality is in business, um, you've got to do that in a measured approach. And you've got to put your business and your employees and your customers ahead of kind of those tendencies to want to please. Great advice. And, you know, I've seen kind of switching gears. I've seen over the years it takes a true special kind of hard worker to work and excel and succeed within a small business. So as a business owner for a small office, what do you look for in hiring a new staff member? Any kind of philosophy for finding the right fit to work in that kind of environment? Um, You know, that's it's hard. Most of the time I go by gut instinct when I meet people. I mean, we certainly, you know, interview and ask questions and ask for examples and things like that. But what I've learned over time is, you know, the ones who come in who had really great grades but very little work experience um, are not very valuable. 
as employees, um, the ones who come in and say, I want to understand how I can make this whole team successful. What can I do? How do I roll up my sleeves? And, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. And uh, those who are successful use them proportionally. And so it's hard. I mean, I've certainly hired my share, my fair share of duds. And I've also hired my fair share of rock stars. And you're an example of that. I mean, someone young, smart, you know, willing to learn, uh, wants to help and and knows their own value. Um, that's the kind of person that's going to come in and make a difference to an office and, and make a difference in my life. And I want to learn from people in the office. I don't know everything. And I I don't pretend to know everything. So the kind of people that, that do best in the environment are self-starters and people that understand their own value, but also understand there's more to learn. Um, weeding through and finding those people is really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thinking back over the course of JHL's history, what's maybe one challenge or issue that you maybe faced that you just never expected that you would experience while owning a business? Oh, man. I know there might be more than one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where to start? You know, I think the lesson I had to learn, and I learned it the hard way, is that the road to hell is paved with good intention. And several years ago, we had a client that was going through some problems none of which were are directly related to us, but through a passion for the client and believing in them, you know, I was going to stand by them and do my best. And I looked up and we were on the front page of the paper all of a sudden, and I'm going, hold please, how did this happen? And what I learned through that was, you know, you can't help those who aren't helping themselves. And I was believing and caring more about them than they, in the end, than they even were caring about themselves. And um, putting myself, my business, my family in complete vulnerable position through the best of intention. And so I've had to learn the hard way that I need to be a little more, a little more careful. I can't care more than they do. And that's a hard, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. And you know, we're nearing JHL's 15th anniversary in May. What an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. If given the chance and the choice, would you do it all over again? And would you change anything? Well, it's weird that we're about to be 15 since I'm 26. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look a day over 20. That's right. I have no idea how in the world 15 got here. It's honestly just mind boggling. But yeah, I would absolutely do everything all over again, even the mistakes. I really don't believe in regrets. Um, there are things that in hindsight, like the example I gave a minute ago, you look back and think, boy, I would have done that differently. Uh, but how are you going to learn that if you didn't do it wrong once? So I don't really believe in regrets so much. I'd go back and do this every single day all over again, because as hard as it is, as as taxing as it is, and it is beyond comprehension taxing. It's also equally rewarding. And I would never in any random corporate job or whatever, I would never have had the kind of opportunities that we've had. And we have had some unbelievable opportunities to help people, to do big, cool things, to raise tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars for organizations just just the chance, to, like I said, to really get to swing for the fences. You know, you don't get that in kind of a standard job. So high risk, high reward. You Absolutely. Know? And, you know, I've been lucky to be part of the story. So 
thanks for the opportunity and thanks for taking the time to be with me here today. And a big congratulations on 15 years and here's to the next 15. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the crew. I'm Jennifer Stevens. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to jhlcompany.com.